There is an awakening that occurs when you find where you belong. We are the army rising up, the wild ones, outspoken for the sake of the one who spoke life into us. We are the spark that ignites a flame, called and therefore qualified, empowered to create atmospheres. So breathe in. Is there still an American youth who can arise and turn the tide of history in America? To raise up an answer to the rebellion, we need another kind of a revolution. Now it's our time. We are the face of a generation ready to rise up. We're strong, the tip of the iceberg, standing on the shoulders of those that pave the way. We are the ones who change the world. We are revolution. Okay, as Sam said, Brandon was supposed to be preaching today. Um, and Sam was like, oh, I'll do it. And then I was like, at like 10 last night, I was like, um, I'll do it. And he's like, really? Because he was like getting ready to prep a message. And I was like, no, I can do it. It's, it's not a big deal. Um, but again, not a ton of time put into this, but I feel like it's good. But um, let's pray and we'll get into it. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for the destiny that you've called each and every one of us to. Um, and we just thank you that today we get to talk about it and we get to light some fires and and talk about what God's called us to do. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to. Okay, uh, the first week of this series, The Gold of the Gospel, uh, David talked about what it means to be in relationship with God. That, like, we're not just, like, servants of God, but we're actually, like, sons of God and daughters of God. And then Sam last week talked about identity, that it's our, it's our God-given identity to be sons and daughters. And that moves us from just being, like, a sinner who, like, messes up and, like, can't, can't get things together to, like, being a saint. And then today we're going to talk about destiny and what our destiny in the kingdom looks like. Um, and it moves us from being, like, alone, like, being self to, like, being a soldier. And if you want to throw that uh, diagram thing up, that would be great. I was making fun of this the other day. Making fun of it is a light term. I was like, thought it looked like a fidget spinner because it because it does, doesn't it? Like it looks. Anyway, but this is what this is what the whole series is about. It's about this whole relationship that we now have with the Lord that actually gets lets us live in this place of freedom and in this place of destiny. So um, the first thing we're going to look at today is this verse in Matthew twenty eight sixteen through twenty. Um, this is called the Great Commission. This is like Jesus dies, he comes back, and he's getting ready to leave again. And he's, he's leaving his friends with this, with this thought. Meanwhile, the 11 disciples heard the wonderful news from the women, and they left for Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. The moment that they saw him, they worshiped him, but still had some lingering thoughts. Then Jesus came close to them and said, all authority in the universe has been given to me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them faithfully to follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I'm with you every day, even to the completion of the age. So this is like this epic moment in the Bible, like the very, like we're getting ready to like send them out, and this is what he leaves them. This is our job. This is our destiny. Every single one of you, if you don't know what you're called to do yet, this is it. Like if you don't know where you're going in life, 
this is the direction you should go. He tells everybody that this is what we're called to do. So when I was thinking about uh, destiny, I believe that every person in the room and every person in the world has like a tear trigger. Like for some people, for some maybe women, maybe guys, I've seen Sam tear up a few times in like a Nicholas Sparks movie. Maybe it's like a romantic movie that just like gets you. Like you just cry. Maybe for guys, I don't know what you guys cry about. Maybe like a war movie, like something like really intense. I don't know. Maybe for you, it's like puppies cuddling baby walruses. I don't, I don't really know what makes you cry. But for me, every single time, no matter what, I will cry if I watch something of somebody who, who like knows who they are and like through all the opposition, like steps into their destiny, I'll cry every single time. Like, forget about it, I'm sobbing. And what's funny about this, and Sam makes fun of me, this could happen at any moment, right? Like, I could be, like, in a really serious movie, and they, like, step into it, and I'm sobbing. Or, you know, it could be, like, a 30-second commercial, which has totally happened before. I have to preface this by saying I am not a LeBron fan. I apologize if you are. I'm just not. I'm a Laker fan, though, and I've been a Laker fan my whole life, so now, like, inherently, I have to like him, which is unfortunate, but Whatever. When he went back to Cleveland for whatever, fifth, second, whatever time. um, I know. I was just being sassy. Um, But when he went back, I, they played this commercial of, like, everybody, like, rallying around him. And they're like, yeah, I don't even remember what it was. But commercial started, again, not even a fan, and I am sobbing through the whole commercial, like, for whatever reason, like, that moment of, like, somebody stepping into, like, what God has called them to do, or, like, that moment of, like, stepping into everything they ever hoped for, and, like, people cheering them on, it gets me every time. So, today we're going to be talking, this is going to be super biblical, I just want to, like, you better get ready. It's going to get crazy, just super biblical. We're going to talk about three different movies in here today. We're going to talk about the lessons that I've learned from La La Land, Wonder Woman, and Moana. It's going to be really deep, okay? It's going to be super deep, and you're going to get so much about it. How many of you have seen one of these three movies? Okay, whom, who's seen La La Land? Instant best friends. I'll say it every service. Uh, Wonder Woman. Who's seen Wonder Woman? Okay. How about Moana? Who's seen Moana? Solid. Solid. My daughter is currently obsessed with Moana. She's been obsessed. And I'm not even mad about it. I'm not, like, necessarily the Disney princess girl. Like, I don't have a favorite princess. But I'm super into Moana. Um, so in each of these movies, although it doesn't mention God in any of the three movies, there's like a kingdom theme throughout each movie. It's this idea, I especially identify with it because they're all girls, I'm just saying, but they're all stepping into what God has called them to do and their design destiny that they just couldn't run away from even if they tried, which gets me every single time. So I encourage you guys, like as you watch movies and as you do stuff, like God wants to speak to you through that. Like, I know it might sound kind of weird, but, like, he was nudging me, like, throughout the entire movie, like, oh, man, that's totally you. Like, and I identify with him so much because I'm like, yes, I want to be out in the water, too. <laughs> um, but the first thing that I see with each and every, ugh, each and every one of these movies, I'm going to give you, like, themes that I see throughout this and throughout my own life that it, it really talks about destiny and, and moving towards that direction. People are going to think you're crazy. 
Like, every single character in this movie, like, the main character was like, I must do this. And they're like, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, every single time. Like, people just think you're crazy. I remember my sophomore year of high school, I took this, like, resume class because... <laughs> I don't know. It seemed fun. And I was, like, filling out my resume, and I knew from a really young age this is all I ever wanted to do, that I wanted to be a pastor and that I wanted to work with youth. It's just where my heart was. And honestly, my parents did it for a long time, so I think it was also my only grid for, like, how you live. Like, you don't go to youth camp every summer? I'm so confused. How can you even be an adult? So I knew I wanted to do this, so I was, like, doing my resume, and I was talking about, like, different conferences that we would, like, host, hypothetically. Again, I was, like, 15. And I, I turned it in, and it was like I did a conference for, like, 5,000 youth on my resume, right? And my teacher in his, like, obnoxiously red pen circles it and was like, be more practical. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh, he's poking the wrong person. From a really young age, I've always been, like, a big dreamer. Like, you couldn't talk me out of certain things. I remember in fourth grade, I could tell you the exact place I was at. I was playing basketball at this, like, outside park in Roberts, Illinois, and I was like, I'm going to be the best basketball player ever. Like, again, <laughs> I didn't, like, grow into that destiny. Unfortunately, I kind of just kind of stalled out around eighth grade. Um, but I, I was like, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can towards this dream. And, and I've always been that way. So when he circled it and told me, like, be more practical, I just kept upping the number. I think my resume ended up at, like, around 25,000 or something because it was just obnoxious. Like, I want to be able to dream big, and there are going to be, be people who think you're crazy. Um, when you know the call in your life, although leaving all of your pursuits and all that behind will always be easier, destiny is something that it can't be shaken, even when you see disappointment. Like, your destiny, even when you're, you've been disappointed, it just is, it's unshakable. You just have to do it. We're all created in, in a design, with a design. Every single one of you have your destiny hardwired into you, even at a young age. And really how you figure out what you're called to or what, what you feel your destiny on is, like, lean into things that you just naturally like. I remember sitting down as a little kid, like, drawing logos. Like, what? Like, who does that? I remember picking out curriculum. Who does that? Like, as a seven-year-old. I, I was about it. And honestly, when I leaned into it and realized, like, oh, God's actually, like, calling me to do this, it was, it was easier that way. The second thing that I see with these movies um, is this idea, and this might be a little, a little rough, but this idea to dare to suck. Like, you can try and fail. A lot of times we think, like, man, we just have to be super good. Like, the minute we step out, that everything's going to have to work out, and everything's going to have to be perfect. But sometimes it looks like asking a friend to come to church with you, and they don't show up. Or, like, in, in finally telling your team that, like, hey, I, I go to church. Uh, you guys should come sometime. And they don't come. Or maybe it's, like, you first time you pray for your team or, or in your classroom or something or you're helping somebody out and it doesn't work out the way you planned. It stinks, but like honestly, when, when stuff happens like that, it actually makes what you're called to so much more clear because you're like, that was kind of disappointing, but I still feel like God's on it. I'm the kind of person just straight up, anybody who were here first service last week knows that I just don't like to lose. Like, it's just not who I am. I want to win. If I don't know how to win a game, I will figure out how to win a game, and I will win the game, or I will not play the game. So for me, this idea of, like, daring to, to suck at something really is not fun to me. 
I want to win every single time. And, and it's been a really hard process for me to like really work through this idea of like, sometimes I'm not going to win and that's okay. We're all given different gifts and different talents, but it's our job to use them and not let fear hold us back. In La La Land, we see her like, the beginning stages of this thing is like, you're always learning like about the character, right? In all three of the movies, most movies, you're learning about the character, the first couple scenes or whatever. And we see in this opening scene, she's like serving coffee to all these stars. From a really young age, she knew that she wanted to be an actress and she wanted to be in plays. And at the beginning of the thing, she's just serving coffee. She's like spilling coffee on herself. It was like really depressing. And, but she's still got this thing inside of her like, okay, if I won't, she goes to auditions and fails and goes to auditions and doesn't get the part. And, and she keeps trying and nothing's happening. So she decides, I'm going to write my own screenplay and I'm going to star in it. And you know what? She does the show and nobody shows up. At that point, most of us would be like, all right, I'm going to do something else. Like, this is clearly not. But, like, internally, she knew this is all she could ever do. With Moana, it was the first time she tried to, like, fish beyond the reef, right? She gets on the boat, and she goes out, and the waves come crashing in, and she hurts herself, and she comes back. But still, inside of her, there's, like, this thing that's like, no, but I'm meant to do something greater. With Wonder Woman, she kills the wrong dude, right? Like, spoiler alert, she kills the wrong dude, <laughs> I assume so many of you raised your hand like you know if you haven't seen it at this point these are kind of older like you should um but like thankfully like our callings are, and stakes aren't that high right like we're not going to accidentally kill the wrong person hopefully like no one's killing anybody but we see this that they try and they fail but in every single movie they took a risk if you put if you put them in where God wants you to be like the you can't fail in that. Like, you just keep trying and, and, and dare to fail and watch God show up every single time. Your convictions become unshakable when they're forged in trial and resistance. How many of you know that it would be super easy if you're like, this is what I want to do, and you just do it, and everything's successful. You don't have a- enough resistance to make it last. Me and Sam have had this talk so many times because we, we graduated w- from Bible school with people who, you know, went to their parents' church and will probably work there for the rest of their life where we haven't had the easiest time in this. Like, we've, we've had to fight for it, and we've had a lot of resistance. And honestly, we know things to be true because we've walked through them. A lot of times in our life, these ideas of, like, who God is or what we're called to do, you don't really know until you have to walk through it, and it becomes true to you. And that's kind of painful sometimes, but it's super important in, in doing what you're called to do. The next thing we see in each one of these characters is that deep calls to deep. And what that means is just surround yourself with dreamers. Surround yourself with people who are going after God, doing the same thing. For me, even though I went to a Christian school, that looked like me coming to small group every Wednesday night, sitting with a random group of girls that I met in eighth grade, and we, we did life together. These are the, still the girls that were at my wedding. They're still the girls that I talked to today. One of them is my, one of my very best friends. And, and we did life together. They believed in my dreams, and I believed in theirs. And it was a really, really cool experience. And that's the place, that's why Rev Nights and Cruise are so important, because we're giving guys space to, like, find people who want to run with you. Me and Sam talk about it all the time. Like, we want to run with people who want to run. Like, if you're not willing to run, like, we love you, but we're going to run. And, and finding people who want to run and do life with you is, is really important as well. Having community that not only values their dreams and callings, but value you, values yours. Um, it's, it's finding those people who want to run with you. 
uh, knowing your God-given destiny is going to have to take a community behind you. In each movie we see with La La Land, it was like a significant other. With with Wonder Woman, it was ended up being like a sort of significant other. I don't know if we've really like classified that relationship. But for Moana, it was her crazy grandma, right, who believed to the core of who she was that she was meant to do what she felt like she was called to. Having people around you, supporting your dreams and, and calling out more in your life. I always joke with my friends. They'll be like, I'm sorry, this might sound a little prideful. I was like, you can't be prideful with me. They could be like, I'm going to single-handedly change everything about the world. I'd be like, yes, but there's still more inside of you. Be people who can call out people's destiny and their gold in their life when nobody else can see it. The next thing we see in this movie is that safe isn't always safest. In Wonder Woman, this was her line throughout the movie. Yes, but where's the war? Like, they're doing other things. She's, like, weird dressing up things. And she's like, yes, but where's the war? She keeps, like, wanting to march out into the war. Why? Because as a little kid, she was fighting the whole time, knowing she was training for a battle that she's never seen before. She was training for something that in her destiny she would walk out, but she had never even have an idea of what it would look like. In... uh. In Moana, it's her as a little baby walking out to the water, like knowing that she was like just had this drawing thing, like knowing it would be dangerous. She still wanted to go. For Emma Stone's character in La La Land, she felt the same thing. She would risk it all just for the dream that she had. Like she would give up like a kind of part to like go after what exactly what she's supposed to do. The call will always call. No matter the risk, you'll find God in the unknown. And stepping out is the scariest part. The call is not always comfortable. Although I always felt like I was oddly qualified for what I'm doing right now, which is talking, God put his hand on my life in leading worship, which was never something that I wanted to do, ever. I know I've said this before, but like genuinely the last thing that I wanted to do. And we see this in Moses' life. And while I was walking this out with the Lord, like I went to Bible school to be a youth pastor. It had nothing to do with worship, but for whatever reason, it just like would chase me down. It was like Moana and the water. I couldn't get away from it. Like even if I tried, it was just always felt like it was calling me. And he brought me to this, uh, to Moses in the Bible, right? We know this story. Most of us do where Everybody Moses' age was being killed, and his mom snuck him in a basket and put him in the river and sent him on his way, and he ended up at, like, a palace, and the princess found him. And it's, like, this beautiful story of, like, wow, this redemption, amazing thing happened. And then he gets taken out of the water and becomes one of, like, the rulers of this whole nation. And then he kills somebody. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, it's spiraling. I think um, everybody in their life will have a moment of, like, I don't know if this is what I was supposed to do. At this point, his life is spiraling. He runs away. He's in, like, a desert. And he sees this bush just, like, burning. And he goes over to see, like, what's happening with this randomly burning bush. And the voice of God starts to talk to him. And he starts to tell him the, the same God who actually created Moses, right? He knew everything about him. Same, same God. The same God who saved him from being killed. The same God who brought him into the Egyptian palace. Knowing every detail about his life, asked him to be the one who would, who would speak and set the people free. The Israelites were like in captivity and it was his job, like God was telling him. And in this epic moment in the Bible where everything's about to turn around, Moses' first response was like, I can't, I stutter. Like God didn't already know. He created him. Like he knew he stuttered. He called the very thing that he felt most unqualified and uncomfortable with to be his destiny. 
And the thing that is, is so amazing about this is, oh, I got to type in my password. This is why I don't like passwords. Right here. Oh, and it's a weird one because my first password was too basic. Like, it's a password. Anyway, um, but the Israelites' deliverance was never hinged on Moses' using of his voice. It, never, it was never about that. Their freedom was found in the stepping out of God's perfect power flowing through somebody who just said yes. It really had nothing to do with his voice. It actually had everything to do about his obedience. Bill Johnson says it like this. Moses didn't have a C, Moses didn't have C parting faith. He had stick raising obedience. What that means is like he didn't have enough faith to set everybody free. He didn't have enough whatever qualified enough have enough people behind him. He just had the obedience of stepping out. The next thing we see, and one of the final things we see, is that there's going to be opposition. Like, we expect that. Like, right? When we go sit in a movie, if you were to sit down and you're, like, really hype about this, whatever new movie's out, and you sit down and it's literally, like, first couple minutes, the, the main characters already succeeded at the task that they were wanting to do, and everybody's cheering for them, you're like, what are we going to watch the rest of the movie? Like, what, where could this even go? But, like, in our own life, sometimes that's hard for us to swallow. Like, it's, it's a journey. We don't expect, like, the, the exciting, like, everybody's cheering for them at the end, right? And if it doesn't end that happy, I don't want to watch that movie ever again. I hate movies that end sad. It's not fun. Um, in our own life, we get, we get so, we get so caught up, like, nobody gets me, this isn't working, like, nobody believes in my dreams, and that's good. (laughs) If everybody believes that you can do your dreams, you might not be dreaming big enough. I want to look back on my life, and I want people to look back on my life and be like, oh, yeah, nope, that was Jesus. Like, that had to be Jesus. I know her. That had to be Jesus. Because if I can do everything that I, I feel called to do in my own strength, then what's the point of, of God being in my life anyway? Like, he's the one who actually comes in and makes the impossible possible, not me. If I can make it possible, then I can take all the glory from it, and that's never been his heart. Striving to be seen is, is just a throwaway in comparison to when you find that the God of the universe sees you exactly where you're at. He sees you exactly where you're at, exactly in the season that you're at. I remember, like, this is such a simple truth, but, like, two years ago we were going through, like, a really hard time because, like, although me wanting to be, like, the best basketball player ever was a, was a lofty dream, honestly, doing what I'm doing right now in some church circles is also kind of crazy. <laughs> I know you probably don't see that because we have beautiful examples in Maine ab- about women in ministry and women leading, but honestly, this was something that I've had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of resistance in, and it was something that I've had to really kind of fight for, um, and, and me and Sam fight for it together to do it together. I mean, it, it hasn't been easy, and it hasn't been fun all the time, but the one thing that I know to be true in my life is that the God of the universe sees me. I was doing my dishes one day a couple years ago, and I was just struggling with this whole idea of, like, man, I feel called to it, but I, I don't feel, like, the permission or, like, people behind me saying, yes, go after it. And I was, like, just, I felt so lost, and I just felt like God say, like, I see you. Like, I see you. Like, me and Sam say that all the time. Like, if somebody does something good, you're like, oh, I see you. But I felt like the Lord said that to me, like, I see you. And it, like, blew my mind. I'm like, 
whoa. Sometimes it's like the real simple truths that are really hard for us to get, but once we get them, like our whole world changes. Like he sees me. I'm actually seen by God. Everything that, that's been in me from, from birth, he wants to use. Like there aren't segmented parts of my life. I know I talked about this before, but I'm, I'm going after this journey of like living an undivided life, that every part from beginning to, to whenever the end is, that he can have all of it. Like my sassiness, my not wanting to wake up in the morning, all of it. Like he can have all of it. And living from a place of that is that's where true destiny comes into. Because I'm like surrendering all of myself to him. The last thing that we see with which each of these stories and in walking in design destiny is that the world is waiting for you. The world is waiting for you to step into your destiny. Havila Cunnington, who's spoken here before, she says it like this. Just the very fact that you were born is proof that the world needs what you have. Like, just the fact that you were born in, okay, on the count of three, you're going to say the date, like the date of what you were born in, the year, words. Um, okay, ready? One, two, three. Okay, so just the fact that you were born in 2019 is the fact that you were meant for this season of your life, this generation you were meant to impact, this youth group that you're at, the school that you're at, the team that you're on, the family you've been put into, you've actually been called for right now, right now. And the fact that you were even born, your personality and what God's called you to do is needed, right? We see at the end of each movie, they're Okay, I, I have to start reverse because it was a real, like, <laughs> when I started the other way. In Moana, no, in La La Land, she, she ends up being, like, a super crazy, amazing movie star, right? That was, like, the woo in Wonder Woman. She saves the whole universe, right? Moana, she saves the whole village, right, and all the islands, because of her obedience to say yes and to push after things when nobody was watching and, and to keep going even when it was tough. For us, it might look like setting out a goal. There's this crazy story, and I'm going to go a little bit over my time, but I feel like it's necessary. We were talking about this the other day. I went to, like, a ladies' brunch yesterday, which is, like, such a, like, 20-something thing to do. I just, I don't know when brunch happened, but it happened real strong for people my age. Um, but we were talking about, like, different people, like, stepping into their destiny and, like, the struggles of people, like, celebrities and stuff. But Justin Bieber, whether you like him or not, uh, doesn't matter to me. Um, his mom, like, loves Jesus, like, a whole, whole lot. And, and he also grew up in a similar atmosphere to here, like, the full, like, speaking in tongues, the whole nine. And, wow, I've never had that thing blink on me. It is oddly distracting. Sorry. Now everybody notices. Um, Sometimes I say internal thoughts out loud, and it's uncomfortable. Um, but there's this, there's this video that's on YouTube that is talking about uh, way before Justin was ever who he is. Um, his mom and him were at this conference, and she was down at the front, and she just felt this thing well up, like the dreams of her kid, who was like just like a little boy who liked to sing and was like oddly good at instruments. But these dreams were actually meant to, like, take back the arts for God. She was, like, up at the front of a worship service, just, like, yelling, like, take back the arts, take back the arts. His God-given destiny, although through trial and, and everything that he's been through, is actually given by God 
to set a whole generation free. Whether it's happening now or not, that's the goal. That's what he's going after. For you guys, it might not look like that, but it might. It might look like you're a catalyst for a whole generation. I believe that in this youth group, we have so many people who can be catalysts to what this town needs. You could change your whole school. I want you to dream bigger than like, oh, I might be able to bring a couple friends to Rev one time. Like, I encourage you to dream bigger than that. You have the capability and you have the God within you to actually change the world. When we wrote the, the video thing, we were like talking about the moments that sparked destiny in our life. And it started for each of us at a really young age. It was like when I believed that God had a plan for me and I went after it full heartedly, whether people thought it was cool or, or it was accepted or not. It was small steps of obedience that led to a place of destiny. And I feel like God's calling you guys out into that again today. Um, so we're going to pray and we're going to go back into worship. Um, and I encourage you guys, like, dream bigger. Like, try to fail. He'll show up every single time. And if you don't know what you're called to or you don't know what your destiny is, I have to bring you back to the beginning of this, this whole talk when we talked about that all authority in heaven has been given to you. So go to all the nations and, and, and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That looks like being Jesus every single place you go. That looks like being Jesus when you're with your friends on the field, in your classroom, in your home. It looks like living out this thing that we call Christianity, this thing that we call following Christ every single day. And out of that place, like that's where destiny comes in. And that's where your identity comes in. And each one of these segments that we've talked about in the last three weeks triggers another one. You have to first know your relationship with God, that he loves you, that you are seen, that you are a son and a daughter of God. And out of that place, you'll know your identity. That means that you're not just a sinner. You don't have a countdown to the last time you sinned. You're actually a saint, and you're called to do greater things than you could imagine. And out of that place of knowing who you are and knowing what you're meant to carry, that's where destiny comes into it. That's when you can be all of yourself, all the time, all for him. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for the destiny that you have in the room. We thank you for sparking new ideas and new passions. That even today, that you would come and show us where your heart is for us. God, if there's people in the room who just want to be seen today, just make it known that they're seen. And for the people who are wondering what's their next steps or what are they called to or this whole idea of like a calling, God, speak afresh to them. Speak destiny into their life. We thank you for community and we thank you for people running after the same things. In Jesus' name, amen. We are the ones who change the world. We are revolution.